0: Father, uh, we thank you for your word. Even though um, I have to say, when I first looked at it, I was like, "What is this about?" And maybe some of us feel like that now. Um, But God, I'm I'm so confident about your word, the Bible, that you love to speak from it, and so we pray that you would do that now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, I um, I have developed a a real talent uh, for losing sunglasses. uh, it's, it's, I must have lost four or five pairs um, in, I don't know, four or five years. Um, but this talent of mine has got to a whole new level recently uh, when I was given some sunglasses, probably about 8.30 in the morning, and uh, we went to the beach uh, in the afternoon with some friends, and by 4.30, I had no idea where they were I mean the trouble I don't wear glasses so I kind of forget that they're there and I might put them down and then I don't see them again uh but in eight hours I had lost some sunglasses anyway as I often do I I thought god please I I know I've lost so many pairs of sunglasses but these were a gift please could I go back to the beach and some kind person will have left it on a sign on the side with like a sign don't be an idiot mark don't leave your sunglasses you know could could you do that and I went there and of course they weren't there um (laughs) And, but a few weeks later, they turn up. And um, I, I was so happy. I was so happy. I almost I, I sang a song about sunglasses to myself. And, and I, I did a jig, um, you know, like a little dance, because I was so glad I found these sunglasses. I'm not going to do it for you. I know some of you are hoping I'm going to. The nightclubs may be open, but I'm not going to be dancing my sunglass dance for you. But I was so happy. You know, I don't know if you've ever got to a point where you could just go, thank you. And as a Christian, one of the great things about being a Christian is that we can direct that thanks to a person, to God. Um, I mean, if you read a a kind of book about, you know, how to be happy, one of the things that will almost certainly be in there will be to count your blessings. But really, you're, you're counting them to yourself. But we're designed to, to take the blessings that God has given us and to redirect that thanks, not just into thin air, but to a God who, who gave them to us, who loves us. Uh, one of the wonderful things, isn't it, when you get a gift, is being able to, to, to say thank you and that person enjoy uh, the thanks that you have for what you've received. God has given us uh, so many gifts. And um, it's wonderful, isn't it, when we can redirect that thanks uh, back to back to him. Now, um, in this passage, uh, there's so much about Thanksgiving, and I think there's some things that we can learn about it. Um, we've been looking at Nehemiah for uh, the last uh, I't know six, seven weeks or so, and um, we've followed the story of God's people um, who were in exile, um, out of their homeland of Jerusalem and Israel, uh, taken off into Babylon because they had ignored God repeatedly over and over again. Um, and 70 years later, they come back into their homeland and uh, and Nehemiah hears about the walls of the city of Jerusalem. They're broken down, and uh, he he sets about a, a rebuilding project. Uh, really unlikely for a, a little city, as it would have been in that time, uh, for a king who is an, who's in charge of an empire to think, yeah, I'll let you go and rebuild the walls, because that will make it stronger, and then maybe you'll rebel. That's an unlikely thing to happen, and yet God works, and they can rebuild the walls. And after 52 days, the, the walls are rebuilt, and uh, and they, they you might think that's the time for a party for a celebration, but they don't. They they say to Ezra the Bible teacher, "Can you can you open up the Bible for us as they as they had it in those days? The first five books of the Bible. Can you read it to us?" And as they as as Ezra reads it, they go, "God, God we're so sorry. We've we've gone away so far from what you've said, and we want to come back." And um, uh, that's what they do. They they the leaders kind of sign on the dotted line. We're going to obey. God's commands. And it's at that point, after they've rededicated themselves to God, that they dedicate the walls um, to God as well and have like a massive uh, celebration. Uh, Warren Wearsby says this What good are dedicated walls and gates or buildings without dedicated people? And the most important thing that we can dedicate is ourselves uh, to God. Uh, So, what can we learn about Thanksgiving? Uh, What can we learn about Thanksgiving? Well, I think there's three things. Uh, That we can learn uh, from uh, this passage, uh, probably more about thanksgiving. Um, The first thing is that, um, did you notice that they prepare for thanksgiving? Um, So at the dedication, verse 27, of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. So what do they do uh, to thank God? Um, well, they, they get together, the Levites. They were in charge of leading God's people in worship. Um, and so they bring them all back into Jerusalem. And then they gather the musicians. And they basically form two, um, two huge choirs. And um, the choirs in the Hebrew, is, uh, is, they're called Thanksgiving choirs. It's literally one word in Hebrew, Thanksgiving choirs. Because what do they want to do? They want to thank God um, for what he's done uh, for them. And as part of their preparation for Thanksgiving, they also, um, the, the priests, they purify themselves and then they purify the people. Um, now we don't need priests to purify us because we've got a great high priest in Jesus who's done that for his death on the cross. But it does remind us of the importance that when we come to God, of, of us being pure. And of course, none of us are. That's why we, um, why we had that time of confession at the beginning. Because uh, we say to God, God, we're not. But thank you uh, that you can clean us. Uh, that you can purify us through Jesus. Um, but then they set about this, this whole big party of thanksgiving. And, uh, and Nehemiah tells uh, the Levites and the musicians, basically, this is my vision uh, for this time. It is th- for there to be joyful uh, celebration and thanksgiving. I don't know what uh, the band's vision is, Of leading us uh, in singing, and we'll be able to sing uh, from next week uh, in here, which will be great. And I don't know what your vision for the singing will be, but I hope it will be joyful Thanksgiving, because that's at the heart of worship. Um, But they uh, they form these two choirs, and they begin at the south of the city, and they're going to retrace their steps. Uh, One's going to go anti-clockwise to the temple, the other's going to go clockwise to the temple. And um, and they're going to they're walk past these walls as they see these walls. That, um, do you remember Tobiah, one of the people that was trying to discourage um, God's people from rebuilding the wall? Do you remember what he said? He said, um, if a fox climbed up what you're building, uh, he would break down the wall. In other words, your, your building skills are about as good as Mark's DIY. They're terrible. You should just give up and stop right now. But they didn't stop. And then eventually they build these strong walls that actually the leaders stand upon and the choirs walk around on top of to show you how strong it is, to show you that God's been um, helping them, um, which Nehemiah makes really clear in in some of the passages that we've looked at already. Can you imagine how encouraging it would have been for those people? Um, Going through such a hard time, coming out of Babylon, um, struggling with this, this building project, and then they do it. And they go, God, thank you. Um, I'm sure over the last year we've had uh, discouragements or challenges. Uh, Maybe we've even had uh, the voice of the enemy in in our heads going, just give up, there's no point. And yet um, when we trust God, it's amazing what he does. Um, There's been times where we might have wanted to give up, but through um, our church we've seen people come to faith for the first time. People come to know Jesus. People rededicate their lives to Jesus who have kind of um, gone away from him. And it's been amazing to see that. And it is great to remember um, what God uh, has been doing and what God's done for us. One of the great powerful things about thanksgiving is you have to think what God has done. You have to think about who God is. And then you're reminded and then you thank him. And that's one of the reasons why thanksgiving should be at the heart of our worship, of our life. Not just when we gather together, um, but um, all the time. Um, we, uh, as a, as a family, we try and uh, trying to teach our kids about Thanksgiving, and um, so when I do Boaz's bedtime and, and Laura the same, um, we do this very simple thing you can do with kids, um, or you can do with anyone really. Um, but I say uh, say to Boaz, uh, "Thank you, God, for," and he uh, he says, "Tom." I I don't know why Tom gets high up the list compared to me or Laura, but for some reason it's Tom. And do you know what was next on the list? Mim, Miriam, is next on the list. And third, because uh, it's also very important, lawnmower, which is lawnmower. <laughs> lawnmowers is, is really thankful to God for lawnmowers. But it's just, I mean, he's two. But um, we want to create a culture in our family um, of thanksgiving. And don't we want to create a culture in the church family of thanksgiving? Let's ask, you, what are you thankful to God for? And let's keep reminding ourselves of what we're thankful to God for. Um, and so the people prepare for Thanksgiving. That's the first thing they do. Uh, the second thing um, is that, that we can learn about Thanksgiving is that they're joyful in Thanksgiving. Um, uh, verse 43. See if you can note the repeated theme um, as I read it. There's a word or a couple of words that come up again and again. Verse 43 says this: and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Uh, What was the repeated word? Rejoicing came up three times. In fact, in the passage, it comes up over and over again, this idea that Thanksgiving should be about joy. Um, Now, a few weeks ago, we looked at uh, that famous verse that you might know. um, uh, The joy of the Lord is your strength. And we even sang it in a song um, just now. And we talked about how the joy of the Lord is God's joy to rescue us. Um, he, he, he delights in rescuing us. Sometimes we think it was his duty, but no. Well, uh, but it wasn't. It was his joy. He loves to rescue us. It was his joy that he went to the cross, not because he wanted to be in pain on the cross, but because he wanted to bring us back into a relationship with us. But our response to his rescue for us is joy. The people in that day, they'd been rescued out of Babylon, and they were rejoicing after such a hard time, and everyone did. It says that, uh, obviously, all the choirs, but not just the professionals singing. One day next week, we're going to get to sing as well. It wasn't just the professionals that were were thankful. It was everyone. Um, And not just those with, you know, a certain personality type who are a bit exuberant, but everyone was thankful. And that's the call of all of our lives, to be thankful, joyfully thankful. Now, you might say, well, uh, but actually, this year's really hard, and I don't feel uh, very joyful right now. Uh, Life is really challenging. And sometimes it is, isn't it? Particularly this last year. And um, we're reminded in the Bible, aren't we, um, that there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Uh, if you look at the Psalms, there are songs uh, of, of lament, uh, songs of sadness, where the, the, the writers of those songs in the Psalms say, life is just tough and it's hard and it's sad and God, where are you and what are you doing? And that should be the diet, part of the diet of our worship. But there's also lots of songs of thanksgiving and praise to God where we say, thank you, God, you are just amazing. And what you've done is incredible. Thank you so much. And we need to have both. And a joy isn't just simply an emotion. It's not just simply a feeling. It's a response. It's a choice that we make uh, to say, God, I am thankful even though things are hard. I know you're good. I know you love me. I'm so thankful for what you've done for me. And that's where um, saying thank you can be so helpful uh, to us. Psalm 51 is a great prayer if you're struggling with joy. Um, David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I've uh, a, had a friend called Ken. Sadly, he died during the pandemic. Um, but he was someone who had many, many health problems. And I was in a home group with him. And uh, the thing that always struck me about Ken was his joy. Um, Eve in the mist, I remember a time, a period of a couple of years where he was having treatment for cancer and had, you know, you might think he'd be miserable or sad um, but every time we saw him, he was, he was joyful um, sure he had his down days but our home group, when you said to him what would you like prayer for, Ken um, he would say, oh, the treatment but um, to be honest, I'm just so thankful and he lists off a load of things that he was thankful for and um, that's, that was just a great model for me. I'm sure you've met other people that are like that, and you think, yes, that's what I want to be like. Uh, when life is tough, I want to still be thankful um, to God. Um, and so that's a real challenge to us, particularly at this time and maybe in the, in the months uh, that lie ahead, uh, that we have thankfulness at the heart of all we are and all we do, and that our thankfulness is joyful uh, as well. Uh, So uh, in this passage, we see that they prepare for Thanksgiving. They're joyful in Thanksgiving. And finally, uh, they restore Thanksgiving to the heart of all that they do. Um, uh, Worship had lost its place amongst God's people in that time. Um, I mean, they'd run, they'd run away from God. They'd, they'd disobeyed God. And then they were under his discipline. And so um, the, the worship had kind of disappeared and they were away from the temple, which was where often they would come. Uh, many of us have been away from a church building, which is different from a temple um, because God's presence is everywhere, and the way the temple was a very specific place where God's presence was in that time. Um, but they'd lost that, that sense of worship at the center of all that they they did. And so they say here, we want to put worship back where it belongs, at the center of all we do, because God is the most important person uh, in the universe to us, and we want to worship him with all that we've got. And it's interesting what they do. They go back, as they have done in the past, they go back to the Bible as they had it in that time, and, uh, and they say, what does the law say about worship? And, and what happened at the high point of worship? Um, they go back to uh, King David and they see that lots of people were appointed uh, to roles uh, who would encourage worship. Uh, let me read um, from verse 44. Um, this is what it says At that time, uh, men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions, first fruits, and tithes. From the fields and around the towns, they were to bring into the storerooms the portions required by the law for the priests and the Levites. For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, there had been directors for for the musicians and for songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And they say, what on earth is that? Why is there a storehouse storehouse and all of that? Well, what they did in the Old Testament was that um, um, when they had their crops, part of saying thank you to God was saying, God, we're going to give you the first fruits. We're going to give you the very best of what we have as a way of saying, God, thank you. And that... Those first fruits, the first amount that they they got from their, I don't know, apples or grain or whatever it might be, uh, went actually to those that led worship. um, in the temple. Now, I'm not asking you to bring the, you know, the first 10% of what you buy at the supermarket and give it to me and Tom. That's not a New Testament principle, although it's kind of tempting to teach that, but that's not the deal um, now. Um, but that's what they did in that time. And, and what that means for us today is that we, we don't give God the leftovers. We say to God, God, we want you to have the very best of, of our lives. We want you to have everything um, because you've done so much for us. Uh, The other thing they did was give a tithe. So 10% of their income uh, they gave uh, so that the the Levites and priests in that time, they didn't have to do a laboring job or work on the farm or anything like that. They could focus primarily on uh, teaching people um, the Bible uh, so that they could lead people in worship and remind them of who God is and what he's done and, and to lead people in worship as a response. And now you might say, well, what does this mean for us today? Um, Well, we don't tithe in the same way. Some people um, think that 10% is a good amount. Um, But um, in terms of giving, what we do is we say, God, what what are you asking us to give? And for 10% might be a good way of of thinking about that um, because it's a very round figure and most people can divide something by 10. So it's kind kind of handy. But in the New Testament, what that looks like is saying, God, all that I have, I give to you absolutely everything belongs to you anyway, but what would you like me to give? And for some people, um, giving in terms of the church, it might be less than 10%. Uh, for some, it might be way more. Um, but that's um, part of what um, God calls us to use our money with. And if you give to the church, we just want to say a huge thank you, particularly over the last uh, 18 months where it's been really challenging. And we know that uh, many of us have fi- found money um, a real challenge um, but, and you might still find that. And so whatever you do give, we're just really, really thankful um, for, for that. But what, we, what we, we do at All Saints is we don't really talk about money loads uh, because we'd rather talk about Jesus. Uh, because uh, God doesn't want so much your money. He wants your heart. And so that's why we talk about God and relationship uh, with him. But how we use our money as well, whether it's our giving, whether it's our spending, whether it's our saving, is also uh, a reflection on our worship to God. Uh, as well. And so I want to encourage you, um, how do you use your money to serve God? Uh, what does that look like uh, for you uh, now? And it's good to revisit that um, at different times, um, in different seasons of life as well, um, depending on what's going on for you uh, at the time. And so they say, God, what, how do you want me uh, to give uh, at this time? Now, um, God calls us to uh, to extravagant thanksgiving, to prepared thanksgiving, joyful thanksgiving, and uh, restored thanksgiving to the heart of the church. But I think we have even more reason to thank God than these guys. Um, let me, I want to read to you a passage from Hebrews that talks about thanksgiving. It's from Hebrews 12, and it says this, but you have come to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. We have even more reason to be thankful to God, haven't we? I mean, uh, these guys were rescued from exile. They were in a foreign land and they've been brought back to Jerusalem. But we've been rescued from death. Uh, God has rescued us through his death on the cross through Jesus. Uh, they had a, a city uh, where they uh, rededicated the walls and they had two choirs uh, going up towards the temple where they, where they met with God. But we, when we worship together, we're joined, did you know this, by thousands upon thousands of angels. We may not be able to see them, but they're joining in what? In joyful assembly. And we should join with with the whole of heaven as they erupt in praise to God. Um, They received an earthly kingdom. You know, they rebuilt these walls. And no doubt it was wonderful for them because they now had a new security uh, that they didn't have. Other enemies weren't going to be able to come in and attack them as easily. Uh, we don't have walls like that maybe although we're grateful for this building and we want to dedicate it to God and so on but God has if you like put a wall around us uh, has given us security Uh, what does it say it says uh, therefore since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken Uh, you know we've been brought in out of darkness into light into the kingdom of Jesus um, who God loves and that that can never be taken away from us did you know that when you put your trust in Jesus, that, you, that your relationship with God can never be taken away from you. Your security as, as his child can never be taken away. It can never be broken from you. No one can snatch you out of God's hands, uh, says the Bible. It doesn't matter, matter what military power comes against you. And, and that would happen to God's people. That wall would eventually be broken down. But the security that you find in God will never... Be broken down, because you're in His city, and that means that um, haven't we even more reason to be thankful and to say to God, God, I just uh, maybe we need to say to God now as we um, as as we meet together today and as we get to worship God through song uh, increasingly over the coming weeks, God let we want to reorientate our hearts so that thanksgiving is at the heart of all we do, the heart of all we are, uh, the heart of when we go to bed and, and when we wake up, when we have mealtimes, uh, uh, when we are amongst each other, that we're a thankful people, uh, that, that people when they're around us, uh, that they, they pick up uh, not the kind of moans that I've experienced in some churches uh, or in some communities, but the thankfulness that just sort of radiates from the way we are. Because we're so thankful to God for all he is and all he's done and all he's given us.